And once the people understand what is the logic of why those elements were created, so they, they enjoy a lot the, the history behind that. Today we're going to speak to ACC art instructor Alex Ordonez. Alex recently received the Tally Dunn Gallery Equity in the Arts Fellowship. The fellowship is a year-long instructional and professional development program for emerging black and indigenous artists and other artists of color. So describe for me what this fellowship is. Yeah, well, this fellowship is an opportunity that the Tally Dunn Gallery, which is a really important gallery in, the, in Dallas, is offering to emerging artists, members of minorities. Mm-hmm. So this is the second year that the program is working. The first year they had three artists, fabulous artists, and now there's a group of five artists from the different communities that are part of this program. The idea is helping to understand how is the logic and the mechanics of working with a gallery for okay. all these artists okay. so they can kind of enter in that. Kind of introduce them to the process of being yes. in galleries and doing exhibits and showcasing their work more or less. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. So how did you, I mean, when they told you you got selected to be in the fellowship, what did you think about it? Oh, I, I, for say the truth, I was surprised because the, they work mostly with um, local artists, you mm-hmm. know, over there in Dallas. Yeah. And we are here in the South. Yeah. I knew that these opportunities is highly competitive. So I was really excited and surprised. And before any, before accepting the award, I was, I needed to talk with them and make sure that they are going to work with me even if I am not in the same uh, city. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I needed to clarify that with them, okay. and they, <laughs> they. I don't live in Dallas, so it might be a challenge to get. Yes, <laughs> and and for say the truth, after they start the, the work during the the pandemic, you know they they are kind of used to work with some meetings and, and they just saw that as as something natural that is now is happening. Mm-hmm. So it was not an issue for them. Okay. What are you going to get from the fellowship? Like, what are they going to provide for you? Yeah, well, we we are going to hold several events of conversations, you know, uh, once a month. And we are going to explore different sides of what is working with the gallery. You know, the first event, which will happen now in in January, will address the issue of how to price the art, for example, how to reach the galleries, and how to identify galleries that work together Mm -hmm. or work in the same style and concept that the artists had. Are working. That is just small part of the of the work. The other sides of the other lessons that I am going to get from this fellowship is, for example, everything that is that is uh, that involves the um, shipping of art, installation of art, the transportation. Also, there is another topic that we are going to address, uh, which is connecting with other different galleries. And that is something really uh, useful because if this gallery, for example, is not necessarily identified with the art that I do, in all these events that we are going to to have, other people from other different galleries will be involved in that. So so there is a big uh, chance that other galleries show interest in in, in my art and the art of any of of my uh, other fellows that are participating in the program. So what did it mean for you personally to receive this fellowship? Oh, <laughs> that is something really incredible that, that I think is happening right now. 
I am an instructor here, and I, most of the time I am working, preparing lessons and, and some other administrative topics that we, that we manage here. So I have limited time to work on my art, but it's part of my professional development, working with my art all the time. And I don't have the same amount of time that other artists have to to feature and put all the art in, in the um, in the in the media, mm-hmm. you know, and social media right. and things like that, that are the most important thing. So having the opportunity that somebody recognizing and noticing the value of my art that uh, really impacts in the way that I feel when I'm making art mm-hmm. because there is a feedback that is, is super positive, especially coming from these prestigious galleries. So that that's something that makes me extremely excited i <laughs> <laughs> work i have a lot of things in my mind okay. and i'm i'm hope just will have the time to complete everything that i'm thinking okay so tell me about your art like you've been an instructor here for quite a while y- yeah well i i am actually alumni from uh, acc okay so i started in in the art classes back in 2006 okay <laughs> yeah so it is um it had been a a journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My first classes on, on ceramics I got with Dennis Lavalli, which is the chairman of the art department here. Mm-hmm. And I have been working with clay all this, all this time. My art at this point of my career is more, it's kind of conceptual, but also is uh, involving a lot of connections with my ancestral tradition as, I don't know, uh, I am from South America, so th- there is a connection with my own culture there mm-hmm. in the art that I'm doing. That is uh, because I, I have this strong identity in myself and also of my previous training. You know, I, uh, I was a sociologist before I used okay. to be a sociologist. So the cultural issues and, and elements of the society are a strong part of my, of my art and the images that I produce. Okay. So you say you work in ceramics. Yeah. <laughs> visually, kind of, how do, you, how do you put that into your art visually? Because, I mean, it's, it's a lot to take your identity Yes, and make it a part of your artwork. So, we kind of, if you can, kind of explain how you infuse that into your artwork. Yeah. So let me talk about one of my my series of art. Uh, it's named Cultural Epistemology. So I start doing this art because I understand that in the development of anthropology, which is a social science, mm-hmm. at the beginning of anthropology, it was created in uh, in Europe, at the beginning of the last century. And it was created as a science to study uh, primitive cultures. So t- to start or at the beginning of anthropology, it was ha- it has a really strong prejudice content in the in the, a heavy, in the Euro- class. a heavy Eurocentric view, more uh, or less. Eurocentric, exactly. So I I was trying to make a social commentary about that because when you learn anthropology, you learn all these different systems and and ways to understand and make interpretations of different cultures. And what I was saying is, I was thinking is, well, even though you have all this methodology, all these methods, scientific method, which is the epistemology to create, to, to make an interpretation of a cultural fact, there is a lot of elements that are outside the understanding of the scientists because of the nature of how this science was created with this Eurocentric uh, perspective. So I decided to uh, create metaphor of that uh, in an image. Mm. So I create ceramic cube and several other shapes uh, connected with, with cubes like rectangular prisms. Mm-hmm. 
and I uh, develop I develop carving in the cubes that is Native American design. Okay. But the carving is spread in all the six faces of the cube. Okay. Yeah. So you can if you see a piece, you uh, can see one segment, fully one segment, maybe two segments. You kind of see distorted the third segment, but you cannot see all of them at once. So that's kind of the metaphor that I'm looking and, and for. In other words, to see the whole thing, you have to look at it entirely yeah. by turning it and looking at different facets of it yeah, to get and, the whole and, picture of it. And even though uh, you can go around and then forego the other but one. you can't see all of it at the same time. You cannot see at the same time. That is kind of the metaphor that I'm saying. So with anthropology, the anthropology developed these, all these cultural kind of rigid structures that, that the scientists fill out with information about the different cultures and the expectation is that you understand the whole picture when in fact you understand just a slice mm -hmm. at once. Right. So that's my, my metaphor. The cubes are about 13, 14 inches by side. They are made with um, clay. They are carved and they are, they are finished with stains and other finish that are not shiny. They are matte in, in finish. So it looks like ancient artifacts sometimes, although I'm not trying to forge <laughs> <laughs> anything, but they kind of have that, that specific feeling. Yeah, and they are, I think they are super attractive, really interesting to see. And once the people understand what is the logic of why those elements were created, so they, they enjoy a lot the, the, the history behind that. You say you put cultural designs in, and what kind of cultural designs do you do you implement? I have um, I have been using several different designs. Some of them from uh, Latin America, the place where I'm from. Other from other uh, Native American people here in the north as well, and also from other cultures around the world. I think the important message here, rather than enjoying the aesthetics of the designs, which are really beautiful is the fact that th those designs are used in a way that they were not intended originally. Mm -hmm. And they have lost all the connection with the original meaning of the symbol. And now they are just spreading a cube that we are trying to understand with the arrogance of Western culture. We are mm -hmm. trying to understand them. Oh, we are pretending that that we understand them, but mm -hmm. it's not the, the and your And your message is more about how that cultural significance is lost, and you want people to see that uh, yes, and about what, it ha what it's become and how it means different things to different people from different perspectives. Yes, 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 and, and especially, you know, the focusing on the our arrogant, pretentious thinking that we can explain everything, and right. yeah, that's, not, that's not the case. What made you want to become an artist? Oh, that's it's a big question. I know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> when I threw it out there, but, I mean, yeah. but what, what drew you to want to do this? Well, I moved here about twenty years ago. Where and, and, and where, where from? I'm from Ecuador originally, okay. from Ecuador, and I have a big family, and and some of my brothers and sisters are, are working art as well, or are musicians or something like that. Work in the arts or creators? Yes, yes. I I am from a city that uh, is known in my country as the Athens of Ecuador because there is a lot of people that is dedicated to the what's philosophy. The name, what's the name of the city? The name of the city is Cuenca. Cuenca. Yeah. So I grew up, you know, just going to shows and and seeing performances and things like that. And when I moved here to the U.S., 
I started taking classes here at ACC, English classes, uh, because I, my original language is Spanish. And it happens that I decided to take an art class just to practice, you know, with other people in a relaxing environment, you know, yeah, th there's not, no not too much, no <laughs> pressure, yeah. Just to know, just to understand that uh, it was a jewelry class, yeah. Just to understand that people, when people is working, they they are talking. With, they are not talking with each other. You know, they are just focusing in their work. So I didn't practice more <laughs> my mm -hmm. English, but I meet the people in the art department, and little by little, I start taking more classes here, and I um, kind of develop a relationship that lead me to uh, going to graduate school here in UHCL, mm -hmm. where I got my master's in humanities and my concentrations is in fine arts. Okay. So I work with studio arts, that's what. Okay, well here's my last big question. You know, you're an artist, but you're an artist, but you're also an educator. Mm -hmm. So all of the this research that you've done and all this uh, culture that you've tried to incorporate in your work, how do you try to pass that on to your students? Now, I mean, you're not gonna pass it on your art to your students, but you, how do you pass on that sort of curiosity to your students when you're trying to teach them about the fundamentals and the basics of whether creating pottery or a painting or a sculpture yeah that's a great question i um most of the process of making art now is a process of thinking rather than than making things with the with the hands and it is true that the demography the demographics of the of the of our classes here are kind of really showing a big population of Hispanic students, for example, in, in the classrooms. And some of the contents of the classes sometimes are really Eurocentric, so there is no connection. There is there's divorce between what they are learning or what they, and what they are experiencing daily in, the, in their lives. And what I like to do in my classes is kind of translate that to lessons that are more connected with what we are with what what we see as how different we see the, the the world from being from a specific different culture, but at the same time we do that celebrating the diversity. So in my in my classes, for example, when we discuss about the Greek canon, Greek canon is the kind of the the, the most important thing that you learn when you when you talk about proportions and things like that. We need to make a point uh, to see there is a different canons also from different cultures. In fact, each different culture we have an ideal of aesthetics and develop their own uh, ideal of perfect body, for example. Mm -hmm. So that is, that's how, how I kind of uh, pass my way of thinking, trying to make the, the students get inspired with their own experience life experiences rather than trying to find out art that is inspiring mm -hmm. so uh, when they are doing things I ask all the time to to work with their own uh, expectations and what what they see what they what they learn what they what they like you know if they are worried for something and we have uh, we when we are in art uh, critique sessions of yeah in art critique sessions we always are trying to feedback from our own experiences you know why what, what I see how I like the art that I'm looking at and and so and so so that they can develop their own art based on their interests on the what they are I really like the the work that we do here 
uh, at ACC. We are we are not a really populated program, mm-hmm. but we have this different way to to experience the the, the college life. Our students are really um, excited and and, and uh, inspired and uh, motivated to to work in art, and that is kind of uh, super important in my experience as a teacher because that gives me more energy to keep working, to keep researching, to keep keep creating and doing that for my students. Thanks for talking to us today. I appreciate it. Thanks to you too. To read this story and more, visit albumcollege.edu.